But let's talk. Uh, if you're watching and listening online, this is pre-recorded. Um, we're doing part two of the series, Naturally Supernatural. And I'm wondering, and I, I think I know the answer. I think I know the answer, but go ahead and raise your hand. Have you ever gotten a text or Facebook message from someone, okay, but it seemed suspicious because of what was written? Like you see the name pop up and you're like, oh, I, I, I know this person, but then the message just absolutely doesn't make any sense. Hey, yeah, Judd's like, I send those. You know who is sending the message, but it just absolutely does not sound at all like that person. Um, Take this example I saw posted. Uh, A father became suspicious of the text messages that he received. He said, my kids figured out the password to my wife's computer, and they've been sending me these texts as if they were from her. Well, what were those text messages? The kids deserve device time. They have been going through a tough stretch of school. They have been good at dealing with this all. Just a random thought, just a random thought. Uh, love ya. And, and it, you know, it wasn't convincing enough. So I think we should let the kids do their Roblox, Roblox. Okay. I don't have, I don't know what those are, but, or whatever during school. It's been a bumpy road this year and they deserve it. Love ya. Well, of course the wife reclaimed her phone and the gig was up. Huh? Who wrote this? Your scheming kids. He knew. He knew right away. I could see my son Elijah doing this someday. Right now, he only knows how to unlock the phone for pictures, and, and Megan will be going through her phone, and she'll find all these pictures. I mean, he's, a, he's an artist with the phone photography. He takes like a picture of just like the corner of a table with part of his finger in it. I mean, just a very, like I said, he's very artistic like that. Um, in this situation, he knew pretty quickly this was not his wife uh, speaking to him. And so then he's doing this kind of like logical, well, I know it's not her, so who could it be? And for him, it was like, oh, it's got to be, it's got to be the kids. Um, and, and you and I, we can figure that out too, whether it's the Facebook message or the text message. This doesn't seem right. This doesn't sound like this person. We might ask, hey, were you hacked? Like, were you hacked? Or I'm seeking clarification because this isn't weird. Um, sometimes I'll get a text message and it'll just be a link and I won't open it because I don't know. Like, if it's just a link, I'll text back and I'll just say, what is this? And some people are like, well, why don't you just click on it? I'm like, well, because I don't want to get hacked or spammed or um, in trouble because I have a, a, a lock on my phone for adult content. And if I look at adult, like if I were to try to look at adult contact, it emails our overseers. And so it's like, haha, fun prank. Judd, you know, sends me a text message of a link of something I shouldn't be looking at. And then all of our overseers get blasted and they're calling me, what are you looking at? And, and so I'll always ask. Um, now, we know that with people, but this is, it gets complicated with God, doesn't it? It gets complicated with God. Can you imagine like getting a text message from your phone from God? You're like, oh, it's God. So that would be really easy, actually, if we got that Facebook message and it was from God. God slid into your DMs and you're like, all right, this is God. But oftentimes it's not that. Oftentimes it's like a mysterious number that we don't recognize that shows up in our phone or a mysterious message in our spam. And it has this weird message. And we're like, wait a second, we kind of blow it off. But then maybe we start to think, was that God? Maybe you recognize at times it's God, but you're not sure what God is saying. Like, I'm pretty sure God is trying to say something to me, but it's just not getting through. Other times we don't recognize that it's God, but God is desperately trying to speak to us. And we're just going on living our lives. And God's like, no, 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 do this, do this, do this. Um, sometimes it might be both. Other times it might uh, be neither. 
And I think that a question then that a lot of us have, and the reason maybe perhaps we don't recognize God's voice or are uh, not having a whole lot of confidence that it's God vo- God's voice is that we're wondering, am I hearing from God or am I hearing from myself? Do you guys ever wonder that? Like, am I hearing from God or am I hearing from myself? This is kind of like when you lose the contacts on your phone or you get a new phone and for some reason the, the SIM card doesn't transfer over. Um, Every text message or call, you have to clarify who it is, unless it's somebody that you know really well, right? Like if your spouse, your partner, your best friend, sister, brother, somebody that you talk to regularly texts you and you didn't have that number saved, you would probably recognize the number. So you didn't need the name plugged in. You just see the number. I know who that is. Other times you may not recognize the number, but if they're asking you a specific question like, hey, what time did you punch out last night? Oh, that must be my boss. Because given the context of the message, they're asking. Other times you're just you don't know. So you send them that meme, the new phone, who dis, you know, and, and you're trying because you don't want them to be offended either. You don't want them to think I didn't save your number because I didn't care. You don't want them to think I deleted your number because I don't like you. You're like, hey, just I don't have your number. I'm not sure who it is. And uh, can you believe that this was an everyday occurrence a long, long time ago? Does anyone remember? I mean, this you have to be over 30 years old. Does anyone remember when the phone rang and you had to pick it up and you had to say hello? And the reason you said hello was because you didn't know who was calling. Could have been ma, dad, could have been a friend, could have been a telemarketer. You didn't know. There was no caller ID. You just had to pick that thing up. A lot of you would be like, I would never talk to anybody. I just wouldn't pick it up. But that was society back then. We say, hello. Um, a lot of you have only ever seen that on TV. And you say, hello. And the other person on the phone would say, hey, it's Dan. I'd say, oh, hey, Dan, how are you? Um, but other times people would say, hey, it's me. Hey, it's me. Uh, and you they would assume that you would know who it is. That was their assumption. You recognize my voice. We're tight. And maybe sometimes you did. Like if my grandpa called and he would say, hey, it's me. I was like, oh, that's, that's my grandpa. I recognize my grandpa's voice. Um, other times you would just maybe act like, and I barely remember this because I got a cell phone in high school. But before high school, everything was a landline with the cord to the, to the wall. And uh, they would say, hey, it's me. And you would just kind of maybe act like you knew who it was because you didn't want to hurt their feelings. Oh, yeah, hey. What's up? What, what can I do for you? You know, and you're like, I hope that by them talking, I'll be ev- eventually able to figure out who it is. And other times you would say, who is me? Okay, me. Hey, me. Who, who is this? Um, there is something special, though, about a voice that you recognize without the mention of their name. I, I said that my grandpa I would recognize his voice um, on the phone before his number. Actually, he got a cell phone at some point, and he would call, and it would say, Grandpa on the phone. And I would never recognize the number, but right when I would answer, hello, yeah, Stevie, I would recognize. I'm like, oh, that's my grandpa. And I missed that. My grandpa passed away a few years ago, and, and I missed that. I miss his voice, and I miss being able to talk to him and, and hear from him. There, that closeness that comes with recognizing someone's voice. It's like there's an intimacy. There's a relationship that's far beyond a name and a phone number, an email address. I mean, you guys have been friends for so long, family for so long that you just recognize something so distinct about their voice, the inflections that it makes. And there's no question in your mind who's speaking. My grandpa could call and say, hey, it's me. And And he could say, it's not your grandpa. And he could try to lie to me, but I would know it was him. I would know And it makes me wonder how many times in my life, and I wonder if this is true in your life, how many times in your life is God saying, hey, Stephen, it's me. And I don't recognize his voice, and so I say, who's me? Or I just hang up. (laughs) Oh, must be a telemarketer. I don't recognize it, and so I just don't hear from God. 
And that's the topic of today, hearing from God, continuing our series, Naturally Supernatural. And throughout the series, we just want to open up the box that we have put God in. And a lot of us do put um, God in a box. And so I hope that at the end of the study, we're already one week into it. This is the second week. I hope that in another couple of weeks, you're going to experience something with God, your relationship with God that you haven't experienced before. And it might be uncomfortable and it might make you uneasy, but it would be totally worth it. Because as I said before, when 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 we put God in a box, the person that we're robbing, the person that we're selling short is ourselves. Because God has way better plans for your life than you do. God has a way bigger vision for your life than you do. God knows what's going to make you happy. God knows what's going to give you peace. And by putting God in a box, we're, we're limiting what he can do in our lives. Now, we do a ton of series. Like we did a series called Who Needs God? And we talked about atheism. We talked about is, um, can we trust the Bible? How did we get the Bible? Um, we talked about these gods of, we called it the gods of the No Testaments. And these were the, the gods that we grew up with in Sunday school that like my God can beat up your God type of gods that aren't really in the Bible, but have been created throughout church history. We did a series called Making Sense of God. And again, we we talked about things like, how can God allow pain and suffering? So those were some of the theology questions that we have about God. How can God do this? We just got out of a series, How Not to Read the Bible. And we talked very pragmatically about how we got the Bible and how to pragmatically read the Bible. And those are all necessary Good series. I love series that answer the practical questions that we have about God, Jesus, the Bible, spirituality, and faith. They are helpful, but sometimes, sometimes when we do series like this, we walk away from that series and we think we've got God figured out. Ah, making sense of God? We made sense of God. Who needs God? I need God. How not to read the Bible? Well, now I know how to read the Bible. Check. I'm complete. But what we actually tend to do then is those things, while they're helpful and good, we can sometimes start to board up God. Well, now we know everything. We've got God all boarded up. And so we want to expand the box, which is what we've called the plausibility structure. And so if you were here last week, you remember there was an image of a box and inside the box was our relationship with God. And whether we recognize it or not, we tend to box God in with our own understanding of what's plausible. And that's different for every single person in the room. Like what Dan thinks is plausible might be different than what Brittany thinks is plausible. And what we in Madison, Wisconsin think is plausible is a lot different than what somebody in China will think is plausible or in a country in Africa will think it's plausible. And we talked about how the four dimensions of this box are theology, testimonies, tactics, and trust. All of that in the message last week, which is on podcast and YouTube. Um, Look that up. I can't go back and unpack it. But we want to expand our box of God. Now, the writers of the Old and New Testament make it clear that God has always communicated with people, or he's at least tried to communicate with people. That is one of the consistent characteristics about our God is that he pursues people and he tries to communicate with them. A couple examples in the Old Testament is that God spoke directly to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. God spoke directly to Abraham. God spoke to Mary through an angel. God spoke to Joseph in a dream. So we see Old and New Testament, different people, different situations, men and women, old and young. God was speaking to them. And it's all summarized really well in Hebrews chapter one, how the letter of Hebrews starts off. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Long ago, God God was speaking. Long ago. Um, And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He created the universe. So the writer of Hebrews says, long ago, God was speaking, but He didn't stop. 
He speaks to us through Jesus. Now, your question might be, now, does God continue to speak? I mean, God spoke through the prophets, God spoke through Jesus, and now the Bible is written, so does God speak anymore? And I want to assure you that he does. In Jesus' own words, he says, I am telling you these things now, talking to his disciples, while I am still with you. But when the Father sends an, the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you. He will teach you everything and will remind you He'll remind you of everything that I have told you. So he'll teach you and he will remind you or he will speak to you. He will communicate to you even after Jesus is gone and, and in heaven reigning and ruling, even after the Bible is written and printed, God will continue to speak to you through the Holy Spirit. And if you're a follower of Jesus in the room, you have access to this power that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides you, empowers you. The Holy Spirit fills us. It gives us peace and it gives us joy beyond our understanding. And yes, it communicates on God's behalf to us. And since we have a relationship with God, a relationship with God and relationships require communication, we have to believe in and trust that the Holy Spirit is communicating to us, not just sometimes, but all of the times in multiple ways. So the question that you should be asking this morning or you're watching, listening online at a later time, the question you should be asking not does God speak or if God speaks, he does speak. But the question really is, is how do I begin to hear from God then? If God is speaking, um, how do I hear from God? I mean, again, it's not like you got a phone call this week and hey, it's me, God you know, I know this doesn't happen very often, but you didn't get a phone call. He didn't slide into your DMs. And actually, I would argue that if you did get, like, you're on Twitter and God added you, like, you know, God started following you, you'd be skeptical, right? You'd be like, no way (laughs) that this is real. But God is absolutely speaking. And I think there are four ways that you can begin to hear from God. So this is, practically speaking, um, the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the Bible. This is the one you'd expect me to say, so I'm starting with this one. Um, God has already spoken to us, as the writer of Hebrews says, through the Old and New Testaments. God has said things like, murder is bad, and giving is good, and we should love our neighbors as ourselves. So you don't need to hear from God again if you should, like, should I not kill someone? Should I love this person in my life that's really difficult? You don't need another word from God. You already have God's word. But I will admit that these things do get complicated because the Bible doesn't write, isn't written for every situation that you're facing this week, the thing that you're going through at your work, the thing that you're going through at home with your family. And so another way that we can begin to hear th- from God is through our circumstances. These are situations that might seem like a coincidence to you. You're like, wow, this was quite the coincidence that this happened, but it's actually some sort of a sign. For example, maybe you're feeling discouraged. You're going through a tough time and all of a sudden a friend shows up with a coffee or a text message just to say, hey, I care about you. How are you doing? You're like, man, I was actually having a really bad day. I was actually having a really bad week. And then you text messaged me. I experienced that this week. I text messaged somebody out of the blue. I was just working uh, on a Wednesday or Thursday morning and and someone came to mind and I thought, I haven't heard from this person in a long time. I'm going to text them. I texted them and said, how are you doing? And I got the block paragraph sent back. They're like, it's so funny that you ask because last night I got in a fight with my neighbor and the cops were called and I was really stressed out about it. And now I feel sick and I might have COVID. 
And they're like, it's just crazy you would text me after all of this time. And I thought, it's not crazy. I think that God had put your name in my heart and, and just kind of prompted me a little bit. It wasn't like a, a, this heavy burden, I need to do this. It was just, oh, I wonder how this person's doing. And, and the text was, how you been, man? Question mark, sent. And then it was that. I was like, wow, that's God speaking through a circumstance to this person. And we go back to this question, is it really God? right? Because that's where I think we get need some help. Well, you can read it in the Bible. There are circumstances. And if you're still not clear, we can hear from God through other people. Now, I'm not saying that this is when I come to you and say, hey, God gave me a message and a dream last Tuesday, and I'm going to tell you this is what God said, and you need to do this. You should discern that, okay? But when everyone around you, the community of God, we're talking about multiple people around you, for for example, I pray every week that the messages that we that we speak, that I speak, that God would speak through me to you. I pray for you guys when you go to your small groups that God would speak through your small groups, through the people around you, through the study to you. I pray those things. I pray that when we get together, when we begin with music and we end with communion, that God would speak to you. And we can hear God through other people. When everyone else around you is saying that this is a bad idea, Maybe that's God communicating through a bunch of people. Or when everyone around you is saying that you should do this and you're like, well, I don't know. That could be God speaking to you. When you're like, everyone around you is saying that they see something in you. Like, I see this in you. And you're like, well, I don't know. That could be God speaking to you through other people. When everyone else is saying something to you, we should discern, is that God? And of course, if everyone around you, and I'm going to the dramatic example, but if everyone around you is like, yeah, I think that you should murder that person, use discernment. God has already spoken. Don't do that, okay? And finally, uh, again, I'm going to end with an obvious one, and that's God can speak to us through prayer. And I know that a lot of you know that you can talk to God through prayer, but I also want to focus on the other side, which is that you can hear from God through prayer. And a lot of times when we pray, it's talk, 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 talk. But I want to challenge you that in your prayer time, create space for quiet. And you're like, Stephen, I'll fall asleep. Okay, well, we got to work through that, okay? But we got to have time where we just listen to God. And sometimes that might just be like a strong impression. You're like, God, I need to, I'm wondering about the situation. What should I do? And you have just kind of what I would describe as a holy confidence. I should do this. I should do this. Sometimes you might have a holy unconfidence. <laughs> should I do this? And you're like, I don't know why, but I feel like this is a really, really bad idea. I shouldn't do this. And so we're going to gift God time through prayer. And so I think practically speaking, ways that God speaks to us, and this certainly isn't the only way that God can speak to you, um, but this is a great start. Read your Bible, look at your circumstances, ask other people. Sometimes we don't ask other people, right? Because we don't, we don't want to know. Uh, <laughs> I want to challenge you to ask other people, make that a regular part of your life. Ask the right people though, for sure. Uh, and then prayer. And so you can be doing all of these things, <clears throat> but you still need to set yourself up to hear from God. And how you're going to begin to set yourself up to hear from God is first expect to hear from God. Let's begin to just expect to hear from God. That might be part of your box that you have God boxes in is that you just don't expect to hear from him. You don't think that God cares. Um, I was thinking about that this week as I, I was praying and thinking about my own life. I'm like, man, I think I'm so scared of over-spiritualizing stuff that I go on the opposite end and I under-spiritualize a lot of things. It, it's kind of what, one of the things that I was thinking. And I, for myself, 
that might be a way that I have boxed God in is by under-spiritualizing. Well, God doesn't care about that. Well, God doesn't have an opinion on that. God has a ton of things to worry about. We've got a pandemic going on. We've got a war in Ukraine going on. We have um, a bunch of violence in the United States going on. God has so many things. He doesn't care what I have for breakfast. And maybe he doesn't, okay? But, but that was one of the ways that I box God in is that like I don't expect God to speak in all areas of my life. And I was like, man, I got to open up the box. I need to just expect to hear from God all of the time, all of the places. And so as I expand my theology, like I need to expand my theology to expect to hear from God. I need to listen to stories from people who hear from God regularly. I need to look at practical ways that I can begin to expect to hear from God. A great way to do that is to set off time from every, every day to pray and read the Bible. Okay, that would be a great way that you can begin to hear from God and expect to hear from God every day. And we need to seek that out. We need to seek that out. God wants to speak to us. We said that. We established it. God is speaking. Let's seek it out. So we expect to hear from God, but then we need to engage. We need to engage God. So God is speaking. I'm expecting to hear from it. Now let me engage with God. Approach your day with ears wide open. This is going to require that you turn other things down. And what do I mean? Not actually the radio. You can go ahead and blast the radio as loud as you want. But I'm saying the boss that's emailing you, hey, can you give me an update on that? Hey, is that still going to be done by noon today? Is that going to be done by five o'clock? Like that voice is really loud and it's urgent and it's important. I understand that. The, the wife or the husband, hey, I need you to go to the store. I need you to pick up dinner. That voice is really loud. You got the boss, you have the spouse, you have the kids. And you're like, I'm trying to live up to these expectations that my kids have. <clears throat> you have friends, you're trying to live up to their expectations. And what happens is God's voice gets drowned out. So for you to engage with God, sometimes it's a matter of turning God's voice up, but more often than not, I think in 2022 in our context, it's a matter of turning other voices down and creating that time for us to engage with God. This is kind of like getting in the car, turning on the ignition, but never putting the car in drive. That's what not engaging God does. And then you sit there wondering, why aren't we going anywhere? We were just sitting in a parked car. So we need to engage, put the car in drive, and let God move in and around us. So we expect to hear from God. We engage, and then we need to evaluate. And that's kind of what I've been trying to underlie this whole time. Evaluate and use discernment. As you put these things into practice, reading the Bible, hearing from other people, um, we're expecting to hear from God. We're engaged with God. We do need to evaluate whether or not it is from God. Because sometimes, I'll just put it out there flatly, sometimes I've heard from God. And it wasn't really God. It was really what I wanted to do. And I, I, I reasoned. And I was like, I can, yes, God wants me to do this. But it was really Stephen that wanted to do that. And that's true of all of us. We can have something that we want so badly and that we say, well, it's God. We need to evaluate that all the time. So part of the process from hearing from God is to humbly share. Like, hey, again, to other people, I feel like God is saying something to me. Is this, you know, do you think this is God? And I'm thankful I've got great people in my own life. I'd love to be one of those people in your life, um, but I'm also a firm believer of not giving advice where it's not asked for. And so if you want my advice, um, ask me about it. And, and I'm not saying I should be the end all for you either, but I'm saying if you're looking for people in your life where you're like, hey, I would like you to speak in this situation, I would love to be one of those people for you. Questions that you can ask to evaluate, is this biblical? 
Is this in the Bible? Has God already spoken to that? We come back to that again. What does the community say about this? Again, those people around us, what does the church say about this? What does the historical church say about this? What does the community around me um, say? And what's the fruit of this? That might be maybe a really kind of telling question. What is the fruit of this? Paul says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if you're going to do something that actually like gives you bad fruit or not this fruit, I think you could evaluate and say that's probably not from God, even if it's not clear in the Bible. And even if the advice you're getting from friends and family isn't clear, a, a real tell is going to be what is the fruit of this? Does this give me peace? And if the answer is no, this doesn't give me peace, this gives me wild anxiety. Okay, maybe that's not from God. And I'm not always saying that if anything that gives you anxiety isn't you know from God, but that's an example. Sometimes we have unnecessary anxiety in our lives, and it's the product of bad fruit. And so we need to expect to hear from God, engage with God, and then evaluate um, what if it is really, in fact, from God. Let's end with this. In Palestine today, okay? In Palestine today, it's still possible that you could witness, you can look it up on YouTube, a scene that Jesus almost certainly saw 2,000 years ago. Shepherds will bring their flocks um, from various different pastures, and they'll come together to graze in the same place. And what will happen is these flocks um, will end up like in the same watering hole, and they'll just get intermingled. And we're talking about like eight or 10 different small flocks getting all intermingled together. And what's interesting is that this is economy for those people. I mean, these are like cars. These are vehicles to these people. This is how they make their money. And they don't freak out about this when their sheep are all getting intermingled. They're not worried about Bob going home with two of their sheep and they're going home with two less sheep. They're not worried about that because each owner, each shepherd has their own distinctive call. It's either a special whistle, a particular tune, a certain type of pipe. And that the shepherd, when they do this whistle or this pipe, their sheep will lead the crowd, leave the crowd and follow their shepherd home. That still happens today. They'll whistle and their sheep will go home. They don't worry about it. And this is probably what Jesus was referencing in John 10, 27, when he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. God wants the kind of relationship with you where we can go out in the world, you go to work tomorrow, and we intermingle with all sorts of people. Maybe some of them are believers, some of them aren't believers, and we get all intermingled. But will we recognize the voice of God when he whistles, when he uses the flute, when he calls us by name? That's the kind of relationship that God wants to have with every single person here. So that when we hear God's voice, even in the midst of the crowd around the watering hole of all the other sheep, we say, oh, my shepherd is calling me. And then I go home with him. It's that intimate relationship where when God calls us, when God speaks, he says, hey, it's me. And we recognize his voice immediately. Let's pray. God expand my vision, embolden my heart, and release your kingdom through me on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.